Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Hi, I'm Charissa Nanhola Susakun. I'm a manager of the Banking and Financial Services Division at Robert Walters Thailand. And today I'm your host for this episode of our Talent Talks with Robert Walters. This episode is part of our leadership interview series where business leaders, recruitment experts, and career growth specialists share their insights on career, leadership lessons, and the latest talent trends. Today, I'm very honored to have Kun Arapat Sankarat, Acting CEO and Regional Head of Transformation of Maybank Kim Inc. joining with us. Welcome, Kun Arapat, and thank you very much for making time for us. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Okay, so let's get started. So firstly, congrats, Kun Arapat, on recently taking on the role of Acting CEO of Maybank Kim Inc. Looking at your career history, uh, Kun Arapat, your career spans over 19 years in banking consultant in banking, uh, in brand name banks and consulting firms across Asia and the US. From starting off as a credit risk analyst at Citibank in 1997 uh, to today, where you have been recently appointed as acting CEO, uh, what has been the most memorable part of your career journey so far? Well, my career, it's um, been over 20 years and uh, I spent the first eight years in Asia working here. And but then I, tra- I moved to the US um, I was there for 10 years, but I think the most memorable part had to be uh, my journey back to the U.S. I mean, it was memorable because it was truly humbling. You know, I've always done pretty well since I came out of school. Um, didn't have to give my 100% effort to do really well. But I think when I moved to the U.S., um, the competition was a lot tougher and uh, the standards were a lot higher. I, I worked for people that I felt were actually smarter than me. And people work for me who are okay. more talented. So, you know, it took me many uh, over years really to work really, really hard to catch up to everyone and get back to where I thought I could be. And, uh, of course, um, a couple of years later, I got promoted to senior manager when I was in consulting. So, so that was really, you know, the humble experience was probably the most memorable. And um, mm-hmm. having to felt like um, I, I fell and I got back up and then uh, I, I kept moving. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was probably the most memorable part. Mm, okay, okay. That's, uh, thank you very much for sharing. That's just very interesting um, and uh, insightful career. And for the sake of our listeners and viewers, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do as acting CEO and regional head of transformation at Maybank uh, Kim Meng uh, currently? And what does uh, the transformation involve? Okay, well, I think, you know, I, I, I thought about that a lot too. What did I do all day? you know, every day of the week. And, uh, and most yeah. of the time, it's, it's sort of uh, trying to keep, a, keep track of what I'm actually doing and, and how mm-hmm. I am effectively helping to push the company forward. But I think, you know, I listen to a lot of um, uh, podcasts too and then watch mm-hmm. a lot too, especially in, uh, uh, you know, icons in industry. And I think, you know, Steve Jobs, there was an interview that Steve Jobs said, you know, described his days um, at work. He said pretty, pretty much mm-hmm. in most days are about just having a bunch of meetings. Mm. collaborating with a bunch of people and really solving problems and work with different teams. And really, mm-hmm. you know, when I look back, look at what I do every day, that's how it is. I mean, it's uh, minus the, the surprises that happen throughout the day. But for mm-hmm. the most part, that's what I do. Um, I'm a pretty hand, hands-on person. I think as a leader of a company, 
uh, you can't be, you know, at 100,000 foot level the whole time. You have to work with the, the people around you, inspire them, mm-hmm. guide them in the right direction. So a lot of it's really um, collaborating, you know, co-creating, solving problems together. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's so, the second part of the question you asked about transformation, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, transformation, it's, um, it's not an easy thing to do because, I mean, the, by definition, transformation is making change and -hmm. transformation means that making drastic change changes Mm -hmm. actually so um work itself is really hard so i think the transformation of the way i think about it it, it's almost being thrown in a maze and having to find a way out you know transformation there's no start here's a start line here's a finish line it's it really is a maze and so a Mm -hmm. lot of it's about thinking what uh what i need to do but also doing it. So it's both thinking mm-hmm. strategically and, and executing the work. Um, but in, in short, really, um, transformation is different than just doing small change management project because you're making um, a, uh, massive changes across the organization in terms of work structure, it could be, in terms of um, uh, strategy, mm-hmm. in terms of your operation, technology, and the people. It's all connected. And so doing all of it at the same time, that's what transformation is all about. But there's no um, uh, set order to doing things. Yeah? Mm. Uh, what you do in one area will impact the other. So, so that's really mm. transformation. It's, it's fairly complex, but, uh, but there are ways to do it. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's a madness to, um, uh, to how it's done. Yeah. Okay. Order, order of how it's done. I'm sorry. Okay. And have you always known that you wanted to do organizational transformation? And how does someone uh, end up in, with a role in transformation? Um, no, actually. I, I actually mm. wanted to be an acad- um, in academic. Um, I mm. wanted to be a college professor. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Never heard exactly. of it. Okay. I, I do like teaching a lot, but, uh, okay. but I think of, uh, in terms of transformation, it's... it's um, Naturally, I gravitate, uh, gravitate towards transformation over time. I mean, I've always been a person who uh, sees, sees things and mm-hmm. always figure out, always look at things that it can be improved. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sort of something that's a DNA of anyone in transformation anyways. Um, uh, mm-hmm. You know, yes, things are either uh, cups, either half full or half empty, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's half, right? So there's always mm-hmm. a way to figure out how to do, better, do it better. And so, mm-hmm. uh, um, so I gravitate um, towards some uh, uh, doing transformational work in consulting, which mm-hmm. requires me to work across some uh, different areas in the company. And so and over time, it sort of became what I do, which, which is connect the different parts of the organization together to make sure that the strategy um, is coherent with the way it's being executed in the operations, technology, and et cetera. So mm-hmm. it just came you know, by chance, really. Mm-hmm. And I heard many times that most of like um, the, the, the professional who are in the transformation or strategy or uh, consulting areas, you need to have the curiosity um, as well. So that is, uh, do you think that is like one of the qualities that is like really uh, essential to, to this role? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, intellectual curiosity is, is the, mm-hmm. the starting point to, um, to begin the journey in, in, in a sense. I mean, mm-hmm. when we look at it, you, we always have to find out what can be done, what can we do better? Mm-hmm. You know, if you do better, what are we getting out of it? And so mm-hmm. that, that desire to learn more, to mm-hmm. understand the problem, or, mm-hmm. to, or even to identify a problem, um, you know, that has to be there. 
Okay, okay. And that's really uh, um, leading to our next questions as well, that um, you have started your career um, during the midst of the uh, financial crisis, uh, Asian financial crisis in 1997. And now you have taken your new role as an acting CEO during like the COVID-19 pandemic, like, uh, which is raging around the world. And how are you and your teams uh, seeking to tackle the current pandemic crisis? And are there any organizational and personal actions to be taken uh, or learned during such crisis? Well, to be honest, um, I came, um, you know, two, three months into the crisis already when I arrived here in Maybank. Mm. But I think it's similar to many organizations. Um, you know, many companies have uh, BCP, uh, business continuity planning. But when it comes to real crisis, that's really the moment of truth. I mean, what do you do then? So it's mm. all about having them... Uh, uh, hopefully, a command center to um, uh, to orchestrate the um, uh, the BCP BCP plan. Um, but also, I think something I've learned throughout the whole process is that um, just like any planning, they're all going to be planning or all incomplete. There will always mm -hmm. be a white space, a void in in the way we plan it out. Mm -hmm. So you know, having that command center to prioritize, to identify, to solve to problems on a daily basis, and to execute very quickly is very important. But that's, that's sort of blocking and tackling of um, uh, managing any, any crisis. But I think um, uh, yeah. with this crisis in particular, you know, people, the people aspect of it is really um, uh, the most critical part because we're talking about impact of people's not only livelihood but lives. So in, in a way, this one's very different. So I think um, uh, in, the in the process of planning, executing, people have have to be sort of top of the priority list. Whatever we do, it's not about um, uh, ensuring business continuity, but it's ensuring that um, our staff, our employees are safe. Um, that, mm -hmm. that was the priority what we did. And I think that in a way, this is a little bit different than, uh, than, than other, other crises. And, and mm -hmm. in doing, putting people at the forefront of it, we had to change a lot of our BCP as well, how we tackle it. Yeah. Um, but, but that's during the beginning phase of the, the COVID crisis. And I think, you know, we're a year into it. And here's another wave of COVID once again. Um, so the next sort of next phase we're trying to do is to look beyond the crisis. Well, how um, post-crisis, um, post-lockdown, whenever that's going to end, I mean, how mm -hmm. will our business be impacted? How will our people be impacted? How will our customers be impa impacted? So mm -hmm. a lot of work has to be done. It's an ongoing thing. It's not just one day and we just go on BAU process. It's uh, continuously changing. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, and beyond tackling the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, resulting challenges, uh, what other major trends do you currently see or foresee uh, in banking and financial services sector? And how are you preparing Maybank Inc. for uh, the success in this new world <laughs> of the new normal? You know, so um, the question around, um, uh, you know, where do we see, you know, future from uh, financial services? It was the same, it's been the same question for, for many, many years, even before the crisis hit. But I think, I mean, most would agree that um, uh, uh, when COVID hit and we had, we still were in it, uh, this lockdown, countrywide lockdown, global lockdown, really. I mean, that has really um, uh, um, changed people's behavior. I mean, we talk about COVID, really, it, it's the, 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 the part where it helped digitize the entire industry. 
because mm-hmm. some uh, customers haven't really um, transitioned to digital. A lot of them have not. Um, mm-hmm. And so with COVID here, things are very different now. Mm-hmm. So the way we engage customer um, is different today. But even post-pandemic, post-lockdown, it will also be different because people have been mm-hmm. uh, in this lockdown mode. Um, um, you know, it's not things are not face-to-face. They're more uh, digitally savvy. They've been doing it for over a year. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a very different way to, to um, engage with customers. And also, um, with um, uh, we see in the U.S. already, we look at investment, for example. It's just very narrowly investing in the space. I mean, we see mm-hmm. the rise retail um, investors, yeah. but you know, pulling um, their their ideas together, right? So it's the same happening here as well. I mean, with people mm-hmm. being home, they're looking at uh, um, ways to, I guess, make more money, for instance. And mm-hmm. and so um, banking or investing from home uh, mm-hmm. is now a lot more, uh, I guess. Um, a lot more important part of how they invest. Okay, okay. And um, do you also think like what what is the skill set that you think uh, banking and financial services professional uh, would need to succeed after this um, new normal and pandemic crisis? So I, I think um, um, the skill sets they have to be more flexible. Uh, I think banking have evolved over time, obviously, but um, uh, I think over the last um, uh, 10 years, especially in, uh, in Asia, even in the U.S., it, it's a lot more um, mm. uh, digital. That's one thing. So as I mentioned earlier, the way um, um, customers be engaged and interact with, with banks or um, very different before. Um, and so I think the same formula to get things done uh, will not work. And so I think leaders will have to really embrace change. They have to recognize that um, uh, the role is not to maintain the status quo. And I think with a lot of leaders and organization, um, you know, you, you can't always teach us or you know, old dog new tricks, right? They always say, well, a lot of things are going on are actually new. So um, uh, em- embracing the change and knowing as well that um, uh, the key to figuring out the, the answer to, to how you want to move forward is really about collaborating and getting more out of your organization, pulling the ideas together. So not all ideas will come from the management level. Some ideas will come from uh, the, you know, all the newbies joining the company. So it, it's okay. really about um, uh, working together more. Um, okay. And we really have to look at outside of banking. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. all the industries are being blurred anyways. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. very clear. So mm-hmm. having bank knowledge um, just on its own without diversity in the way of thinking and uh, knowledge, it's not going to help. Mm, okay. So being flexible and also in terms of le- leadership, you need to have collaborations and open to ideas uh, from a new, um, newer staff as well. Right. And I think I would add one more too. Um, yep. One of my favorite quote, um, I often use uh, uh, even uh, eternally in, in our presentation of board is that uh, there was one from Socrates. And then we talk oh. about, uh, if I remember it, that the secret to change um, is to focus all your energy, not on finding the old, but uh, building the new. And I think mm-hmm. that, that, that says, I mean, that, that's very telling. Um, sometimes a mindset um, that leaders will have to have. Uh, You can't always look back in the past. You learn from the past, but it's time to embrace that things will have to change. And you really have to be the one to lead the way and get them uh, motivate and inspire the rest of the organization to really move to the new and not focus on the old. And that's harder harder to do um, Mm -hmm. than, you know, it's easier said than done. That's what I'm saying. 
Okay, so uh, the recent polls uh, from CNBC to Forbes all showed a sizable number of people across the world quitting or getting ready, uh, ready to leave their jobs in the coming days. And in the financial sector, a recent global uh, Bloomberg News reported that even a 30% pay rise cannot stop junior bankers from leaving to join in fintech and investment firms, especially in Asia. Do you see that uh, this is happening in your part of the world? And how are you and your team approaching this issue of retaining talent, uh, especially in this new normal? Well, I think, um, um, yes, the answer is simply yes. I mean, obviously, it's harder to attract talent these days to financial services, much like in the U.S. Um, I mean, the question here is, that we have to ask is, why are they leaving or why are they preferring to go to um, fintechs or startups? And mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think it's only because of the chance to make uh, millions or billions, because really, you know, only less than 1% of startups will make it. Um, anyways, mm -hmm. but I think um, the, the, you know what I've seen is that um, many um, uh, you know younger new gen millennials they're also looking to do something more meaningful, and uh, they don't want to mm -hmm. get caught up in uh, red tapes and uh, bureaucracies within a large organization, and they want to be with um, uh, you know like-minded people, um, people with a lot more energy, people their age too. So I think that 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 in a way you know that's being so startups and fintechs and et cetera are more, seems more attractive, attractive. Mm -hmm. But I think from, from a, a corporate standpoint, I mean, we have to recognize that you just throw money at them. It's just going to last, um, it, it won't be permanent anyways. I mean, it's just a temporary fix, mm -hmm. sweetener. So, you know, if people want to be inspired, they want to do more meaningful things, then, then really we have to ask ourselves, I mean, what are we doing Today, I mean, is the objective of our company just to make more money? Um, how do we inspire people to stay with us? And I think, um, um, you know, even um, I also, again, watch a lot of, uh, read a lot and watch a lot of um, uh, um, uh, stories about Elon Musk and he talks SpaceX in this case. You know, if you look at it, he's not just trying to send rockets just for the sake of sending rockets up in, in space, but um, uh, his overall vision is about um, interplanetary species. And that's where you mm -hmm. want So, I mean, that's very inspiring. So sometimes mm -hmm. I, mean, I look at them, uh, I, I ask my team and, and, uh, and ask them, Man, what are we actually trying to do here? You know, um, mm -hmm. what, are we just trying to make money, is that it, or something else? So, so I think a lot of times, you know, um, being in a company, a bigger company that's not a startup, um, it, it already is a unicorn in a way. And that um, uh, if we just transform ourselves to become, to have more, more meaningful, become more meaningful, you know, to have more purposeful, more do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And then of course, have an environment where it's, um, uh, it's not so bureaucratic, where it's more open, where we okay. can work together, we're more collaborative. And, and it can be done. I've seen it before. And, you know, when I was mm -hmm. in the U.S. for many years, um, uh, big firms, um, they are more collaborative than many small firms in Asia. So, so obviously it, it is doable, but again, this sort of thing uh, needs to be um, led from the top as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so creating environment and also like uh, meaningful uh, pur purposes of the business. Right, okay. right, just beyond PNL. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Okay, that's very really great. So, um, and when it comes to hiring, uh, what areas are Maybank in that is looking to hire for in the market? And do you uh, personally look for potential hires uh, and when promoting talent? Yeah, so um, uh, we're always hiring. Um, I do a lot of hiring even before I uh, arrive mm-hmm. here at Maybank uh, Bank. Um, okay. I have really simple requirements. Number one is um, smart. I, I, I don't need the rocket um, scientist, but I do need to be smart, meaning that I tend to look at people that I call them a clean sheet thinker. They're more structured, but they can work with a lot of ambiguity. The reason that's, being, that's very important is because things are changing the market. I mean, a lot of things, are, business models are being revamped on a yearly basis, for example. Um, so it's not that you have one idea that can run for the next 10, 20 years anymore. It doesn't work. So smart people, clean sheet thinkers, is very important. I think the second one, obviously, is some uh, people with similar DNA to the kind of people in a build, which is, um, you know, being hardworking, diligent is very important. Still is, will always will be. Um, but they have to be also be driven to do something more meaningful. I, I keep using that word because it's not about money only. Money will always come. But it's the people who actually want to do something. Uh, they have passion. They're very passionate about that. And so passion will always keep people working. And they will always enjoy it. Um, in a way, that, that leads into a third one, which is people that take pride in their work. Um, uh, you can, I mean, people who take pride in their work are usually people who are doing something that's meaningful to them or meaningful. So that's, that's critical. And I think the last one really is that um, I often look for people who tend to... Um, do a lot of self-reflection. Mm. They have to know who they are and uh, what they have yet to achieve and, and really what they're good at and not good at. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really important because um, uh, no one's perfect. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it, when people do a lot of self-reflection, it, it means that uh, likely that they will continue to improve over time. But they're also going to, um, uh, they're honest about themselves where the gaps are, where it can improve, they're also going to work at that. And so over time, that's kind of what you want to keep long-term because they'll keep evolving, becoming a better and better, um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not only thinker, um, worker, colleague, and et cetera. Okay. So for you, this first is to always be smart, also passionate and self-reflection, which will always make um, them in, uh, improve and evolve in themselves. Okay, so now we're coming down uh, to the last two questions. Um, looking back, and do you think your personal uh, personal branding is important in one's career? And how have you branded yourself throughout your career? Um, very important, and um, and the answers I didn't really for for so many years for for decades I didn't. <laughs> uh, even though my mentor told me that um, when I moved to US, said, "What's your branding, Arapat?" And then I couldn't answer it. And then instead okay. of working and building a branding, I still didn't do it after many years. But it is very important. But that mm-hmm. was the thing I did before. I just didn't, didn't have any branding until he had to help me. So it, it wasn't really until I moved back to Asia the second time around, which was seven years ago, that I recognized that um, maybe it's time for, since I'm starting over, it's time for me to build my, my branding. And so, uh, so I started working uh, harder at it. And okay. sure that I have from uh, when people ask, uh, what am I known for? I have that, I guess, famous factor. So it is very important. If I had done earlier, it would have been helpful for my career and everything else too. But to be honest, I didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, do you have an answer to the question now? Like, how have you bended your yourself? I mean, like, oh, okay. oh, probably like throughout the past, like previously, yeah. Okay, sure, sure. So, um, this so on this when I moved back here, um, uh, moved back to Thailand, obviously, and um, transformation was uh, uh, the sort of the, um, what everyone was talking about at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, but obviously, rec- transformation soon. Uh, Uh, evolve into digital transformation, and I do a lot of that too. Uh, I do a lot of business strategy, process improvement, organizational redesign. All of it is really part of transformation. So, so that's where I went with it. I, I you know I, I wanted to be known um, in the digital transformation mm-hmm. space. So I did try okay. to build that brand not only within um, in the firm I was working for, but of course actively in the market, um, going you know speakers at, mm-hmm. at events and etc. So after a while, that that that's what I became known for. But uh, Mm-hmm. It didn't happen overnight. Yeah. Mm, okay, and that's actually something that you're really known for, like digital transformation, and then that's why I think that is one of the major contributions to to your success, and also as a regional head of transformation. Of course, it doesn't come overnight, but I I, I think that is a very successful branding so far that you have done to yourself. Okay, and I think now we have come to uh, the last questions, like. Um, what key work and life lessons have you learned over the course uh, the course of your career, and what has been the key to your own success, uh, leading to where, where you are today? Okay, I think um, the biggest lesson learned um, has to be um, a passion over money. Um, I wasn't always like that when I first started my career. I I, I picked um, to go in financial services because it was paying the best at that time, but really it wasn't really my passion. Be a banker, and okay. uh, I think uh, to be honest, that, that was a mistake. Um, anything, I, whenever any one of us work on something or do passionate, do think you're passionate about something, you want to work on. You can work on it seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You still will be okay. You won't be tired. You still will be. It, it, you're driven by passion, and so um, uh, I always say, it doesn't matter what the money is. If you're doing something you like, eventually the money will come. If if mm-hmm. you really want the money, will come. So that was mm-hmm. sort of the first um, uh, thing that I've learned. Um, okay. So these days, um, I'm stuck in financial services, and I'm okay with it now. But mm-hmm. again, um, my passion uh, is to do something more meaningful too, uh, not just mm-hmm. being in a company, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing now. So I'm uh, working on something a little more passionate for for my banking thing. Part of it is to um, uh, to democratize investing. I think that's a big deal. It's uh, our social responsibility to make sure mm-hmm. that. People um, from you know uh, with uh, in a mass with lower income have an opportunity to build um, uh, their you know uh, build their wealth as well. So it's it's a lot more um, um, meaningful. Mm. I think the second one too is that, um, and I alluded to earlier, self reflection. Mm. I, I mean, I look at myself a lot too, where what I can what I can do to improve. I mean, I, I try to be honest by myself. Um, I learn from people around me. People are better than me in certain things, and um, I always say they, they have. You know, I always say that people tend to overestimate their abilities. So it's important to do a lot of self-reflection. Um, and I think the last thing I can think of would be that um, um, take chances um, and, and just adjust accordingly. Um, yeah. You know, it's a long career, and if, uh, if you don't take chances, then you really won't know. Uh, what you like, what you enjoy, and and what makes you uh, really tick in in a way, right? So um, I have taken I have taken a fair amount of chances the um, the last few years, more so than before, 
And um, some worked out well, some didn't. But um, but it's still very you know, great learning experience and uh, makes my overall career more fulfilling. Okay. Thank you so much, Vinarapat. I think that is very good advice to our listeners. And so um, the key lessons would be passion over money, self-reflection, and take the chances. So thank you so much, Pat. And I think we have come to the end of our interview today. And uh, thank you for taking the time to do this interview with us. And it was a very insightful session. And I'm sure we have gained many takeaways on growing, excelling, and transforming ourselves and our organization. So um, thank you so much. And to our listeners and viewers, stay tuned for the next episode of our Robo Walters Talent Talk. And goodbye. Thank you for having me. Thank you.